0: Welcome back to the three questions podcast. In today's episode, the guys will will tackle, what about people with XXY chromosomes? What is the Bible's approach to such individuals? When a mother's life is at risk during pregnancy or delivery, is it wrong to pursue medical procedures to save her life that may put the baby at risk? And finally, is there a way for hobbies to be God honoring? Our prayer is today is that this podcast would help you as you have gospel conversations. So let's not delay any farther. Here's today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Three Questions podcast. We take questions from our church family and others and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. All of us here get the the privilege to serve the Lord's Church at Southern Hills Baptist Church here in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Woodall is back today. Yay! Yay. Um, And Randy is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. You guys keep sending in great questions. Just a reminder, ways you can send those in, you could could text 505-258-2076 you could email three questions podcast at myshbc.com and that's with the number three or you can go to the website myshbc.com slash contact and the questions will always be kept anonymous. And so we've got we've got two heavy questions today and then one that's not as heavy. So we're gonna go ahead and move into this. Um you guys ready? You bet absolutely awesome. Okay. All right first question is What about people with XXY chromosomes, sometimes referred to intersex persons? What is the Bible's approach to such individuals? And boy,
2: guys, we always speak individually. We don't speak on behalf of one another. But I, I just would want to start by speaking on behalf of the three of us that our heart does always go out. Yeah. That we understand we are dealing with these are real life Mm -hmm. folks that, that, um, that sometimes this happens to, and it does remind us that we live in a broken world.
1: Yeah. And, and with that, okay. So, so I know we say this so many times and hopefully that's helpful, but, but we do, we, we can't help but go back to Genesis three and know that we live in a broken world where things break. And that, that goes all the way down to the very chromosome level and sometimes that does mean chromosome deficiencies or deletions or different things. And this is not the only one, uh, but this is one. And, and it does cause complications and uh, things that have to be worked through. And, and so in this case, I think we are looking here at, at a male who has some chromosome deficiencies. That cause him to also have some female physiology, and there's and the, just the complications that go with that, and those are things that are absolutely hard and difficult, but can be worked through. and And an important fact in this is that we're not then and like like the question asked, and I appreciate that sometimes uh, someone with XXY chromosomes is referred to as an intersex person. As if uh, d- this person is just kind of genderless until they make a decision. But that's not who this person is. This mm-hmm. person is a male uh, who has some complications, and, and that's how they should be viewed and, and treated.
2: That's Absolutely. Right. Knitted together in his mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. And that word fearfully, there's the sense of awe. That's right. Yes. And and uh, yeah. we have to understand that as well. Sure. Yeah.
0: And just to clarify, so just in case people aren't understanding this, no, uh, 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 the normal physiology for a female is to have two X chromosomes. Normal physiology for a male is to have an X and a Y. And in this case, it's an individual who actually has an extra X, X chromosome, but mm-hmm. because there's a Y he's a male, this yeah. we're talking, as, as you said, very clearly, this is a man who possesses an extra chromosome. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think what Doug Pastor Doug said is exactly right. You know, Psalm 139 reminds us we are, that God we were intricately woven and 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 I believe that also goes down to that chromosomal yeah. uh, idea that God created us with this DNA, with chromosomes with this amazing ability to to be unique in every instance. You yeah. know, every single human being that God creates and I have no idea how many there have been since he made Adam, but it's a lot. They're <laughs> every one unique, even identical twins are unique and uh, they don't have the same fingerprints. They're, 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 they're just incredibly individualized. Mm. And, and so what I would say to a person, to, to any person with this or any other genetic or any other thing that makes you different, you know, don't hate your differences. Mm-hmm. You know, God makes us unique. Look for ways to honor God with the way He has uniquely created you. Created um, for His glory. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now I would go, I'm gonna add one more thing here, because the question doesn't really go doesn't clarify this, but I do want to clarify something else. If the idea here is that this person, because of their chromosomal abnormality that this is a case where a person truly is genderless or now can uh can go can be either homosexual heterosexual that's it's a you know it's yeah. it's genetically yeah. determined that that would not stand up to biblical scrutiny because mm-hmm. uh, the bible is very very clear multiple cases where homosexuality is a sinful choice made by made by sinful men it's a, it's a choice and um, and even if a person's genetic makeup whether it's this case which is a, a klein syndrome is a genetic abnormality it's not mm-hmm. passed from one uh, parent to the to the other but there are other things that that are you know lots of people have this genetic tendencies towards violence towards alcohol towards uh, different things like that and and so there's never an a argument that we are genetically homosexual and have no choice in the matter. It's mm. it's always uh, a, a choice and one that, that the Bible defines as being sinful. And so, you know, even if you do have a proclivity towards something, whether it's violence, alcohol, drug abuse, whatever, you also have the ability to trust that to the Lord and to
2: resist that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Uh, guys please know that the scripture says man looks at the outside god Mm -hmm. looks at the heart we always need to remember the soul of this individual god desires the soul of that person he desires for that person to live for his glory and we are all broken Mm -hmm. we are all uh sinful we have that sinful nature and uh, and God desires for us to trust Him to save that individual, uh, just like He saved us, and, that's, right. and yeah. that's what that's what we aim for, right?
1: Hopefully. Right. Just like everyone, th- this is someone that we should we should love and we should reach out to with with grace and truth, um, and and walk alongside. And so. It's really good. Okay. All right. Uh, next question is when a mother's life is at risk during pregnancy or delivery, is it wrong to pursue medical procedures to save her life that may put the baby at risk? And I'm going to lean heavily here on uh, Dr. moler Albert Moeller, and some things he's written in this regard. Cause I, I think they're really helpful in clarifying and, and accurate biblically. Um, And those things being this, we should never actively pursue taking a baby's life through medical procedures, whether those be surgical or chemical. Um, So we should never actively pursue that. In other words, the abortion of her unborn child cannot be the intended result, um, the intended result. Mm -hmm. And now, however, in some rare and tragic circumstances that are real, real life circumstances. Um, A mother might require a medical procedure to save her life that would, as a secondary effect, terminate the life of her unborn child. Um, And so now we're getting into the issue of secondary effect, primary and secondary effect. And, and yes, Um, those in, in moral theory based on scripture, there is a clearly established difference between primary and secondary effect. And so, so, so this would be one of those instances. Absolutely.
2: And, and guys, every time, uh, any of us, if ever have a surgery, they're going to explain to you there is a primary and secondary effect at work here. Mm-hmm. Our primary intention in doing this surgery is to remove that appendix. Yeah. Because it's got to come out. If it doesn't, and it's ruptured, then you could die. Right. The secondary effect of any surgery is you die. You could die. Yeah. You could die on the table. That's not our intention. Mm-hmm. And and in this, what what I'm hearing Daniel say and borrowing from Dr. moeller is the intention that we're going into here in helping this mother is we're trying to save your life. We don't want to harm the baby in right. any way. We're trying to save your life, but we have to go into it with the understanding this could
1: have a secondary have
2: effect. a secondary effect of, of hurting the baby. That's yeah. right. And
0: and as we talked about a little bit before we got went on the air here this is not a unique situation. Firefighters, police officers, sure. uh, you know, armed forces, armed services, folks, mm-hmm. they have to make these kinds of decisions all the time where there are multiple people whose lives are at risk, but their ability to, to, to actively try to reach or save or protect. They can't be in two places at one Exactly. Time. It, 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 and so, um, you know, none of us would ever want to have to be in that position, even though lots of people are in that position on a regular basis because of their job. But, uh, but I think we've kind of established here very clearly that it, we, we know scripture tells us every child is a gift from God from the time mm-hmm. it's conceived until that child dies at whatever point, right. whether that's pre-birth or post-birth, you know, whenever that, that child is still a gift and we thank the we thank the Lord for that gift, no matter how long our child gets gets to live, and remembering that just like my life that or the mother's life that child's life is in is in the Lord's hands as well, mm-hmm. and so we um, you know in, would encourage mother to make a choice that hopefully. Uh, it addresses the life of both, knowing that both lives are precious right. to the Lord. Right. And, and
2: the, the guys, our listeners, what we're trying to make sure we say here is that the primary intention, the primary effect
1: has always got to be one of righteousness. Yeah, absolutely. That the, the primary, just like you said, the primary effect that we're going for has to be a righteous intention, a righteous right. uh, effort, Um, and, and yes, because we live in a broken world, decisions don't always just have one effect, but the primary effect we are going for has to be a righteous one. And so in this case, uh, it is righteous to pursue, uh, saving the mother's life. That's Mm -hmm. that's not evil. That's righteous. Um, so, Okay. All right, And ideas. These are tough.
2: Thank you for starting us off with the easy ones. <laughs> that's right. Daniel, we're going to work our way in today.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Just kind of easing us in. <laughs> and So, but this last one is uh, is not as heavy and is a lot. Uh, I, in my opinion, it's it's a fun thing to think about and talk about. And and boy, you know what, Daniel,
2: we do appreciate both. Sure, sides. man. Yeah. Great questions yeah. that people are asking because they really do deal with people's lives it's real right. life stuff yeah
1: yeah so thank you don't stop sending in the hard ones we might just start spreading them out a little <laughs> right. more but no seriously that's awesome that you send them in send
0: them next week i'll be gone <laughs> yeah. so, Jim, if you've got a really tough no one, put no that randy out no week. we're not allowing randy to be gone anymore <laughs> the people have been clamoring for you exactly right <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Third question. Hey, by the way, Randy, you'll have to, if you haven't, you'll have to listen to last week's while you were gone. We, we had a little fun at your expense, but (laughs) I know that you would have appreciated it. I'm sure
2: I would. The primary intention was was, was, good. Yeah. So the
1: secondary
0: effect effect (laughs) may not
2: be good for my (laughs) ego, right?
1: (laughs) That's what we're here for. Okay. Third question today is, is there a way for hobbies to be God honoring?
0: everything except golf uh it's hard um yeah no i'm teaching. yeah we have some wonderful examples even right here in our church of that we've got a group of quilters that meet every monday and they have made over, I can't even remember what the number is. It's well over a thousand prayer quilts. And so here you have a group of ladies who have a wonderful love of sewing uh, mm-hmm. and quilting, and they've put it to a way that that honors God. We have uh, men in our church that are part of. I think it's the group is called Christian Farmers of America, and they use their woodworking skills to make mm-hmm. like walking sticks with yeah. verses on them or with witnessing bracelets, and they give those out at county fairs. And so, absolutely. Uh, you know we need to understand that uh, the ability to to work to be handy to be crafty that's a gift that god gives us and all, everything we do, whether it's a craft
2: or it's our daily job, we're supposed to do for his glory. That's right. It, it, Paul gives us the example of being a tent maker mm-hmm. in, in the scripture, and, and I, I fully understand that was not a hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's <laughs> a hobby us. that was needed That's for right. income. That's right. But it does help us understand that something he was doing besides preaching in the synagogue and, and sharing the gospel, he mm-hmm. did use it. In that way, to enable him to not have to ask anyone, he could go into a town or a village and 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 be there, be among folks, and he's not having to ask anyone for any help. I'm I'm raised my own support. Yeah, but uh, he was using that for God's mm-hmm. glory and to advance the gospel. And so, man, absolutely on hobbies.
1: Yeah, and I I think even at the level of um. Yes, they can be God honoring, so long as they're obviously not immoral, or so long as they're not becoming your ultimate thing, right? Um, or so
0: just- watching Cubs baseball that would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to point any fingers. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> guys. Jeremy. But I mean, if if you're feeling it, no, I mean, all <laughs> of us we've got we've got things that we we love and and can absolutely and should absolutely enjoy as just good gifts. God gives a lot of good gifts.
2: Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think one thing that is good is maybe a listener today is is thinking, well, I wonder if I could use my hobby if if it's fishing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are groups of children, especially that there are organizations that try to take children fishing, Christian organizations. Mm -hmm. Or hunting. Or hunting, yeah. Anything like that. And and Mm -hmm. it does spur us on to think, okay, could I use this for the glory of the Lord? And I can almost assure you can. Yeah. Now, let me address one other issue here. The Bible's also
0: very clear that there are a lot of things that we are uh, supposed to do with our time. Hobbies mm-hmm. that begin to affect your work, you know, your your provision for your family, things like that. That's that crosses a a, a border. The other line that gets crossed unfortunately, is even people who have hobbies that are intended for God's glory. But when it starts to conflict with other biblical teachings, like, for example... The, the honoring of the Sabbath, the gathering of yourselves together for worship. People that begin to to say, "Well, but I'm, I'm I i do not go to church, but that's because I have a hobby and we we do it on Sundays." But you know, we try to honor the Lord with that. Well, that's that's a good thing that you're trying to honor the Lord with what you do, but that doesn't that doesn't supersede uh, what the scriptural principle and the need that we have as believers to gather to worship together
2: corporately. Yeah, God's never going to give us something that hinders our walk with him. Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um one pastor put, put it real with kind of addressed to a lot of things when we think about God's good gifts, we should remember the giver gets the glory. That's right. And and so I mean all good things in our life should point us back to the giver, not the gift. And just going, man, this is incredible that I get to enjoy these things and do these things. And so so there's a way to enjoy these hobbies that give him glory. And like you guys are saying, there's also many of these hobbies that can also be used as bridge building into other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And conversations and friendships. And uh, both with with brothers and sisters and with non-Christians that we get to speak the gospel into their life.
2: Yeah. These things should always enhance our walk and enhance our witness right. that we have with, with folks.
0: And we just need to make sure that if the hobby gives us that opportunity to be a witness, that what those people witness in our lives, apart from the hobby, also honors God. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that the rest of our life is also in step with God's word, not just trying to make the hobby uh, part of it.
1: Yeah. First Corinthians 1031. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, which covers a lot, I think even hobbies. Uh, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's good. That's pretty good. So okay. hard, to argue,
0: hard to argue with that, isn't it?
1: <laughs> the Bible is hard to argue with. I agree. Um, the
0: Cubs have taught me how to be a lovable loser. And so
1: it's, <laughs> right. it's constant humility. It's, it is constant humility. <laughs> Randy understands he's a, he's an OSU fan. Boy, so. don't know. Oh, again,
0: wow, again, to Iowa state, come on, Cowboys. What's the deal with Ames, Iowa,
1: man, it was going so good. It this was going was. so well. We're hey, looking very, there's promising. still a lot of season. I, was, I agree. And I want, I, I really I'm a sooner that I really I like for you guys to do good as long as it doesn't mess us up.
0: I truly appreciate that. <laughs> I wish I could reciprocate the feeling for the sooner. I know you don't do that. I know that's I'm Daniel's hobby yeah.
1: right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just don't screw up our season. That's right. Don't mess <laughs> it up for
1: us. All right. Hey, you guys, thank you, wherever you are, for finding finding time to listen. And, and we want it to be as helpful as possible. Jeremy Johnson, thanks for producing this podcast. And uh, just remember, if you're out there listening, you can uh, you should subscribe, you can share, you can rate. And those things just might make it uh, findable to someone else. And we just want it to be as helpful as possible to as many as possible. So until next time, please remember the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.